How is everybody today? I'm going to be completely honest with you this morning. You can see I am nervous. So save your tomatoes and your, your rotten cabbage and everything else until I'm walking down and then pelt me with them. All right, I should have a picture popping up here in just a minute because I have a short story to tell you guys. If any of you have children, this is my oldest daughter. You can see there is one patch that's significantly shorter than the others. I work third shift, so I sleep a lot during the day. And usually, if I can get in bed before the girls get up, that's a feat in itself because it's a lot like Mission Impossible getting past their rooms into my bed. Well, I happened to get to sleep on time one morning, and they were still asleep. Well, usually when they wake up, they just come in and punch me or, Daddy, I'm hungry, that kind of thing. So they woke me up, said, okay, went in, made their breakfast, went about our day, played and did all this. My wife is a full-time student, so she was gone. When she got in that day is when we discovered this. Now, I will admit, I should have noticed hair missing, but... Guys, you can probably relate to me. We don't sit there and look at their hair all the time, right? I'm getting no help from any of the guys. They're like, dude, you are on your own. <laughs> so we noticed that there was a big chunk missing. Well, the first thing we asked her, obviously, was, why did you do this? Or who did this? And then we noticed Lorelai's hair. She had a chunk missing, too. So obviously, they're sisters, so they just kind of threw each other under the bus. Lorelai said, Bella did it. Bella said, I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of the go-to for, for my oldest is, why did you do that? You knew that was a bad choice. Why did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. So as our frustration started to build, we sent them to the room for a timeout, said, we've just got to try to figure this out. Then me and my wife went on the great scavenger hunt for the remainder of the hair because it was nowhere to be found. After about 15 minutes of searching, we managed to find it. They had not only taken it and attempted to throw it in the trash, we have a little garbage can by one of our chairs, but they had tucked it underneath the chair. So they knew, they knew we were going to get it. So we brought them back in and we explained to them that, look guys, if you do something wrong, just own it. Just tell mommy and daddy. It's so much easier if you just tell us than trying to hide it and lying about it. Now, why do you think the girls lied about that? Well, obviously, they knew they were going to get busted, right? They knew they were going to get in trouble. So why did the religious people lie? What we know so far, this is the last week of Jesus' life. He's out in the crowd with the 12, teaching and they're preaching. When some religious leaders, also known as the Pharisees, confront him. They try to trip him up with all these different questions, trying to make Jesus look bad. He knows. He knows what they're trying to do. So he just takes the tables and turns them on them. Now we're going to be talking out of Matthew 23, 16 through 22. We're going to have it back on the board. If you guys have a hardbound Bible, you can follow along there. Um, we have an event set up in the Bible app, so you can use that too. We'll just jump right in. Verse 16. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but it's binding to swear by the gold in the temple, you blind fools. For which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. 
How blind. For which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you're swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you're swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. Now, when I first read these verses, I had to go back and read them three, four, five more times. Because in our day and age, we don't deal with temples, guilt, gifts, altars. So I had to think, what in the world do all these things have to do with honesty and telling the truth? As I studied more and as I prayed more about it, God said, hey, these are metaphors. These were, these were normal things in that time. So he uses those as metaphors to tie all oaths back to him. Now what I like about these passages are Jesus is kind of upset. We get, we get a rare glimpse to see him kind of ticked off because we've got these Pharisees that are just coming right after him. And I would imagine they probably saw him down the road a little bit. You know, the people love him. He's teaching them. And they're probably looking at him with their nice robes and their long tassels and their big prayer boxes, their awesome beards, which I don't have. And they're probably thinking, who is this guy? Do you, do you know what this guy's deal is? Who does he think he is? He's, the people are going to him? Look, that's our job. What in the world makes him so special? See, on the outside, the Pharisees looked like they had, all, they had it all together. They had the appearance, the outward appearance. But Jesus could see through all that. He could see on the inside what they really looked like. And it was pretty dark. Now, like I said, the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day, and everybody came to them for advice and for prayer and stuff. But what they didn't know was when they made an oath, the Pharisees had rules in place where they could back out of it and not have any kind of repercussions. So they got all the goods of making the oath and looking righteous and holy and oh, look at me. But they never really had to follow through. They talked the talk, they just didn't walk the walk. Does that sound familiar to anybody else? In life, you know, we all know people like that, say one thing and mean another. You know as soon as the words leave their lips that they're not going to follow through. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's you today. I mean, I've done it. I've made a promise before. Hey, hey, I'm praying for you. And then just never get around to it. And I think if we're being honest, we probably all have. Why do we do that? Because it's our religious thing to do. When we pray before a meal, are we doing that because we want to talk to the Father? Or are we really doing it because it's habit? When we take our families out and we eat out, do we say a prayer before the meal? And if so, do we say a prayer like, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've given to us? Or is it more like, Lord, we just want to come before you today? I really hope that none of you guys do that in public. What I mean is, do we pray to talk to God or do we do it in public to get noticed? In Matthew 5, through 37, Jesus tells us, we should keep our word and we shouldn't try to get out of it. 
a lot like, oh, well, I had Horton Hears a Who up there. Hey, looky there. This kept popping in my head as I was studying this, and I'm terrible with quotes, so I couldn't remember it. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant, and the elephant is faithful 100%. Wouldn't it be awesome if non-fans thought of us that way? Have we always told the truth? And this is a problem because a lot of times when non-fans see us, they should see a reflection of Jesus. But if we're being honest, they don't always. In John 8, 32, says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm sorry, no, it doesn't. That's in another verse. It actually says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the question is, how does the truth set us free? Think of it this way. You're in a room, and there's a man behind you with chains. Every time you tell a lie, he takes a chain, hooks it to you, and attaches it to a wall. And you might be all right for a little while. It might be bearable. But as the lies build up and the chains get heavier, you're going to find yourself bound. And not just that, as he puts on more chains, they get wrapped around each other. So eventually you're going to end up looking like Houdini, not being able to move. Sounds pretty grim. Now imagine that there's a man in front of you who looks at you in all your bondage and all your chains, standing there immobilized, and he says, hey, looks like you could use some help there. Let me take those chains. Let me carry them. No, 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 it doesn't, no. It's because you matter to me. You're important to me. I want to take those chains for you. A lot of times when we tell our lies and we get wrapped up in our chains, aside from the funky hair, that's kind of what we end up looking like. Now, if it sounds like you today, crushed by chains, by lies, always having to keep up with all the stories, because that's the thing about lies, the more of them you tell, you get your stories intertwined, and then you end up, oh, well, no, that's not what I meant. I meant this, um, well, um, well, I say to you, isn't there a better way to live? Just like I told my girls, it's easier to just get it settled now. And I'll tell you a secret. During reflection time, all the lights are going to be off. So nobody will even see what's going on. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Look, lying chains us. It binds us. It holds us down. But Jesus gives us freedom. Now religion says... Go ahead, tell that promise. There's a back door, you can, you can get out of it. Hey, they'll, they'll understand. But relationship says, look, your word is important. Don't give your word unless you can keep it. Religion says, oh, I look good. Hey, hey everybody, look at how good I look. Look at how righteous I look. Hmm. But relationship says, no, I choose to keep my word because you matter to me and you matter to God. Religion says, hell, fire, brimstone. We've all heard that, right? You're a sinner, outcast. Relationship says, hey, God is near. No matter how far you've gone, God is near. Religion says, Sweet, another convert. 
hey, hey, check out our numbers for this month. We are doing great. Relationship says, you're more than just a number. You matter to God and you matter to us. In the kingdom, our word should be our word. Bottom line. And we live in a world where people crave relationship. They don't crave religion. A lot of times people don't want anything to do with religion. It's our responsibility as fans to show non-fans what true relationship looks like, not religion. Now, you may be here this morning on a whim. Somebody may have invited you. Maybe you heard the music outside. If you're tired of religion and all the stuff that comes with it, or maybe you're here because, or maybe you're hearing this, you're thinking, you know, I've had Christians lie to me my whole life. Well, we've all been there. I'm not perfect. We're all flawed. The difference is we're not just standing still. We are constantly growing, and we're moving forward in our relationship with Christ. And a relationship with Christ is the best relationship that we could ever hope for. I love my wife. My wife is my best friend. But next to Jesus, Jesus is my everything. And he is the best relationship that I have. But he gives us a choice. He says, look, you can either have religion or you can have a relationship with me. And we can opt for religion. Probably do all right for a little while. We can look religious. But after a while, people are going to start seeing us, and we're going to end up like the Pharisees. All show, no go. We're going to have everything going on outside, but inside, we're going to be tore up. And people can see right through that, and they're going to think, especially non-fans are going to see us and think, why would I want to be like that guy? What's, what's so different about him? What makes him special? Look, we love to take the easy route in life, right? What do you want us to take the hard way? Even when we're driving, I bet nine out of 10 of you take the interstate over going through the country. I do. 90% of the time I'm running late. I'll be honest, that's why I do it. So either you're running late, it's easier to speed. I know we're in church, so none of us break the speed limit, right? Bunch of liars. Or maybe you don't want to deal with the country with the twists and the turns or everything else, or I don't know. Maybe it's just easier. But there's something to be said for taking the scenic route every once in a while. Because in the fall, you get to see the leaves change. In the winter, you get to see the snow. Sometimes you get to see the wildlife, which you might see that one deer that's just staring at you saying, bring it on, buddy. I got your number. Sorry, I blinked out there for a minute. I've had a lot of deer attack my car not a fan of deer. Look, the point is this. Religion is easy. I mean, we can come here every Sunday, sit in our seat, listen to sing the music, listen to Shane or whoever's up here, and then walk out, go about our business. Religion's easy. Relationship, on the other hand, it's hard. It's a challenge. We have to work at it every day. But relationship is so much more fulfilling than religion. As Christians, though, we're called to be different, not because of our religion, but because of our relationship with Christ. So today, if you're 
tired of religion and all the junk that comes with it, I want to tell you this. There's an easier way or there's a better way through a relationship with Christ. And not just through that relationship, but he also gives us freedom through that relationship. Because at the end of the day here at Crosspoint, we're here to stream non-fans to Christ. We have to let his truth shine through us in our words and in our actions. So I want to challenge you guys today. Religion's easier, yes. But I want to challenge you guys today, and I'm challenging myself as well, to choose relationship, not religion. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time today, Lord, that you've given us to explore these verses. And Lord, I pray that you've opened our hearts today to the truth. Lord, that our word must mean our word as fans. Lord, I thank you for opening my eyes as I study this scripture. Because I know that there have been times where I've broken my word. And I understand, Lord, that I not only broke my word to that person, but I also broke my word to you. Lord, I just pray today that as we go through our reflection time, God, that you will move in our hearts. Maybe there's somebody here that needs to just get stuff out. You are near. No matter how far we've gone. Thank you for this service, Lord. We thank you for being here in our midst today. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.